Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast Soapbox Edition. In this podcast, we take you behind the scenes in the Cold Fusion community. We'll talk to the leaders about what they're working on to push the language forward with tools, frameworks, modules, lessons learned, and best practices. Good morning, everybody. It's August 13th today. Teachers around the world are screaming. Parents are rejoicing as all the kids go back to school. And we've got another great week of <laughs> CFML news for you. Uh, man, my kids don't go to school till tomorrow. I got the short end of the stick here in Kansas. What's up with that? Oh, uh, yeah. I've got one go tomorrow and a couple more on Thursday. But uh, it's just that week is here. And yeah, I can, I can feel the I tell you what, flowing. my kids are ready for school, man. In fact, my middle daughter has been ready for school since the first day of summer. She's been counting it down. So, like, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, we got a new backpack. You can get those jeans from daddy. That's that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> we just made it more and more boring as the summer went on. So, we started with the trip to New Zealand. So, after that, everything was kind of dull. So, yeah, it's hard to top the trip to New Zealand. I saw your pictures on Facebook. And once you go there, anything's just going to be boring, man. I don't, you can't top that. Yeah, pretty fun. Everyone's here dying of the heat, and we're over there playing in the snow and stuff like that. So pretty cool. <clears throat> so uh, where's the where's that handsome redneck guy you normally have on the show? Is he is he gone today? What happened to him? Yeah, we kicked him out. Uh, it's <laughs> <laughs> no, we thought we'd switch it up next a little week. Bit. If, his, if if his behavior improves, you'll see about letting him back on the set. Yeah, no, we just gotta gotta give him a bit of time off, you know. We don't, too much Andrew's not a good thing, right? <laughs> and apparently, he, he you know, needs his, his his beauty sleep. Yeah, exactly. And we all got to get some work done. So, speaking of that, let's get on with the show. So, uh, some news and events for this week. Um, just wanted to let you guys know that uh, there's more than one podcast. So there's not just one Modernizer Die podcast. This is a CFML news edition that you're listening to or watching right now. But uh, we also have a Soapbox edition. And we released a- another episode last week with Brian Class. So we did a lot of talking about his adventures with Cold Fusion and AWS and how he integrates those two. Uh, uses the right tool for the right job. And the catchphrase of that one was undifferentiated heavy lifting and how you should let Amazon do that for you. So that was a cool episode, but we also have a few from uh, Luis Mahano about the history of orders and cold box and, and everything else, and uh, Pete Freitag as well. So we had him talking about his many arrays of products, including Fixinator, his newest one, and announced it into the box. So some good stuff there and more coming too. So uh, if you guys nice. don't know so about if, that. If a cold fusion, yeah, so if a cold fusion developer has a, has a naughty mouth, we wash their mouth out with soapbox. Is that how that works? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. But uh, Soapbox is more uh, more interview-based. So this one, obviously, the news. We just give you lots of updates, small small little bits and pieces, and trying to make sure you're up to speed on everything. But the Soapbox is where we so- let them get up on their Soapbox and really, you know, spout and spray uh, whatever they want to talk about. So... <laughs> uh you know if they want to they want to talk about aws and how great it is or you know luis talking about cold box or other things just gives us more time to really you know talk to them deep dive into it and you know have a real interview a real discussion and you know and how would i find those recordings again gavis gavin for the soapbox so soapbox um if you go to soapbox.modernizeordie.io, you can get to the website and it has a link to the YouTube channel as well as all the different ways you can get that uh, podcast. So we're on Spotify and, and all the other regular podcast locations as well. And you can also go on YouTube on the Audis, um channel on YouTube. We have a playlist for the Soapbox, just like we have the CFML News playlist. So you can get to all of those on YouTube as well. Uh, and the links will be in the show notes as well. But um, again, we're having... Uh, more interviews coming out soon if you guys have anyone you want us to interview or find out more about let us know we'll, we'll add that too and it'll be good to to get that out there so um yeah we're looking to yeah community suggestions would be pretty interesting to see uh what people want to hear talked about or maybe who they want to hear yeah i mean because obviously you know we can have brad and everyone from the oldest team on but we're trying to get some community involvement too and that's why pete and Brian are there, and like the next one's going to be with Sam Knowlton. Um, he's a customer, uh, or I guess a customer of Coldbox, and he uses Coldbox. And so he talks about how uh, you know Coldbox was introduced to his company and how it's been working with uh, working really great. And you know, 
and how you can get started too. Not everything's a greenfield project and you know how you can piecemeal things in, use some of the standalone libraries. And so that one should be coming out uh, either this week or next week. So keep an eye out for that one as well. But yeah, we don't want to make it just a, a box, box, box thing. So, you know, we're going to have customers and community members. So uh, hopefully even some of the Adobe teams coming up here soon. So we can talk about the conferences and get, finding out a little more about what's going on there. Pretty cool. Yep, so sounds like we had some uh, pricing updates on the bootcamp in Bangalore. Yeah, the Indiga uh, bootcamp in uh, Bangalore, we've reduced the price now. It's only uh, $199, which is a, a really good price for a two-day bootcamp. And I believe uh, there's also a group discount, uh, $99. So if, um, if you guys know anybody in the Bangalore area in India, or maybe you are from there, uh, please check that out because we've uh, tried to make that as attractive as possible and we definitely need help spreading the word. Um, it's a little bit harder to uh, make sure we've reached all of the uh, the people that would be interested in that in Bangalore. So um, definitely pass that along to anybody you know if you're in any kind of you know chat rooms or Facebook groups or anything that would have people from there. Yeah, and then uh, let us know if you got any questions about it too, if you need more information or, you know, you need a leader to show your boss why you're going to go do this training, you know, let us know. We can try and help you out with that. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're trying to spread the word. And, you know, last week we talked about Autos being in uh, Latin America and trying to start another into the box there. And we're doing training in Germany and everywhere else. And India is just another piece of that. We're trying to spread the word and get people the opportunities that everybody else is so used to here in the state. So, yeah, I think it's a, a great opportunity and yeah, it's a great boot camp. It's the Cold Box Zero to Hero. So if you're starting fresh with Cold Box or um, if you used it a bit before, you're going to get a good uh, walkthrough in the two day version of that boot camp. You get a lot of detail. So it's a great boot camp. And uh, don't forget that's in October. I think the 16th and 17th, if we look right. Sorry, I'm just double checking that here. Get the tapes on that. Yeah, 16th and 17th of October. Um, so Luis is going to be the one running that. So jump in. And like I said, if you can, guys know somebody or know a company, they can get the, the group discount too. That'll be a, a great deal. So a lot of great content, and we're hoping we can meet some new people out in India there. Perfect. So uh, we had a webinar last week on uh, Forgebox Enterprise. Whoops, I forgot to mention that last week for everybody. So sorry if you missed it, but there is a replay available. Yeah, we had the recording. Yeah, so it was Luis and Javier. Uh, they did a great job showing off the new additions of Forgebox. So you guys obviously know Forgebox is our package management repository, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, but there are different versions now available. So we have a pro version, the orgs version and enterprise. So um, it's, they're great little distinctions some extra new features. I've been working really hard on this, trying to make it a tool for the entire CFML community. Uh, so uh, it's yeah. a great little, great little webinar. You guys should check it out. Yeah. So I mean, we've, we've looked a lot at how, how things like NPM enterprise work um, really built around teams and around, you know, corporate organizations that want to have a workflow based on on package management that's kind of uh private and secure for them so that's where forgebox enterprise sits and it's a, it's a pretty exciting um a new set of features to be able to offer the cold fusion world there's really nobody that's that's done this in the cfml space and so check out that webinar um if you if you have questions about that for sure yeah, and it's interesting for those of you are dealing with NPM and some of those other package management software. Don't worry, we didn't get the enterprise pricing that they have. I think we're, you know, a fraction of the price that those charge. It's kind of crazy when we we looked at what those are charging too. So, it is a commercial version, but uh, it's it's Cold Fusion commercial version, not uh, JavaScript pricing. That's for sure because those were ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, you feel bad sometimes for, you know, charging money when you look at what competitors charge and you're like, oh, holy cow, they charge that much? Okay, I guess this isn't that bad at all. Then. <laughs> yeah. So, and that was to me when, when you guys said the price and whatever, I looked up NPM and I'm like, oh, that's a steal. So, but anyway, so if you guys want to know a little more, uh, the webinar is available on the Auto Solutions website. If you go to events slash webinars, uh, you can see it there. And as we do more webinars, we'll be putting them in that location too. So, <laughs> Good to know anyway. 
So it looks like the early bird for Adobe CF Summit might just be regular pricing because they have not changed it yet. <laughs> Every week we tell you, quick, before the price goes up. But uh, the price is still the same. I checked again this morning. So I'm not sure when they're going to put that price up. But um, again, still a great know, price. Yeah. See, if Adobe listened to our podcast, they would know these things, Gavin. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so the price is still good. I mean, if they're getting sales and they got the numbers, then um, yeah, maybe the the prices are right there. But again, the conference passed ninety nine dollars. The the pre conference and the conference together is only three forty eight. If you want to do the the specialist program, um, you know those prices kick in. So I guess while we're talking about it, then we'll tell you a bit more about CF Summit and the specialist program. So. With the summit itself, again, it's October 1st and 2nd. It's a Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, the pre-conference is the day before on the 30th. Uh, it's a huge conference. You know, you really need to, to make it out there. Uh, it's in Vegas. A lot of fun. Uh, Otis, I mean, sorry, Adobe <laughs> puts on a good show. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, the early bird well, registration. Otis puts on a good show at our booth, too. Gavin does salsa dancing. You should see it. <laughs> no, I don't do that. You would not want to see that. That's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, CF Summit's, you know, had their call for speakers. They've announced the sessions. There's a lot of great speakers out there. Uh, you know, we got four or five from Autis. There's five or so from Adobe and a lot of community members. Uh, all that information is on the website now. So if you go to cfsummit.adobeevents.com, you can see all that. Um, check out the sessions. They've got the schedule out as well. So you can figure out and start planning your, your days and, and figure out what you want to go to a lot of great sessions so uh it's some hard decisions but uh, all that information is out there so uh, if you haven't signed up you still can um make sure when you do that though to be mindful of the the workshops when you're booking your travel because the day before is the adobe workshops and so they have uh, a few programs now they've got the specialist program which is a certification for Adobe Cold Fusion, and they also have three conference trainings. So Brad, I don't know if you heard us last week, but we also mentioned they had the performance monitoring tool set workshop now is available. So you can pick from oh, that, one. Seen that one. Yeah, nice. so that one's from the Adobe Cold Fusion team. So the performance monitoring is pretty big. It's a new release with 2018, I believe. And so they're they're doing that. Uh, Charlie Earhart's going to be talking about going from zero to 60 with 60. Docker and Cold Fusion images. And then Pete has his Cold Fusion security workshop that he'll be doing. It's you know a really popular workshop, and everyone I know mm -hmm. that goes to it loves it. That one always scares the pants off of you. Yep. It surely every, does. Every time Luis hears, hears Pete Freitag speaking anything, he's like, oh my gosh, Brad, we have to go check all of our code. We're going to get hacked, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so great workshops. Puts a good um, kind of fear in you. Yep, great workshops there. And right after the conference, we got our own trainings that we're doing, right, Brad? Woo, woo. Yes, we do. Don't touch that dial. That's right. We're doing um, Zero to Hero. Uh, introduction to Cold Box, and we're doing our Hero to Superhero uh, woo, API edition. Sorry about that. Um, after CF Summit, so you want to don't fly home immediately. You want to be able to pick those up, and we're kind of catching both ends of the spectrum there, right? You want a nice, easy introduction to Cold Box built around, you know, writing something from scratch. You get Zero to Hero. If you're already familiar with Cold Box, you really want to dig in, learn about modules, learn about REST APIs. Then we got the uh, Hero to Superhero. Yep, and so, you and Brad, uh, uh, sorry, be... you and Luis are doing the superhero uh, training, yep. and then myself and Eric are going to do the Cold Fusion Zero to Hero. So if you can't get enough of us at these podcasts, you come hang out uh, with us at the trainings. and uh... You don't get enough of us. <laughs> But yeah, so that'll be the Thursday, Friday. Uh, and so we finish at 5 p.m. Yep. So if you guys uh, need to get an air, you know, flight out that day, uh, you should still be able to make it. Um, and you no, you can't leave Vegas on Friday, man. It's impossible. The only the only flights in Vegas are coming in on Friday. Yeah. Well, the plane's going to leave too. Me, I mean, well, <laughs> I'm going to Kansas City and I can never get a flight out on Friday night. So I always just, you know, stay there friday night and then saturday morning you'll all find out you know a flight that morning but that's just what i do plus it's nice not have to you know run out the immediately the last day but i'll be yeah. there all the way through uh, saturday morning basically and if you guys are listening right now you have a special discount code for the podcast listeners so if you use podcast 
so podcast 10 when you're uh checking out for for this you can actually save 10 percent on our workshop and that is good for the um the india workshop and also our cf camp workshops that we'll be talking about soon so um save 10 percent on this 10. and we're going to be in the what if they type podcast 100 will it give them 100 percent off no we already tried that andrew asked that last week <laughs> dang <laughs> but, it but uh you better watch out what you see about andrew i see he's lurking in the chat uh-oh yeah but uh this what a creep yeah but our trainers with the area resort so we're right there by the strip um so you know nice location we're going to be in a, in a great conference area inside the suites so uh it looks like a really we'll nice have setup. espresso machine what else could you want people yeah it'll be pretty well set up it'll be a good time and again we do small workshops so you get that personal attention you need so we'll make sure that everybody leaves you know ready to go and afterwards we have slack channels open so we can you know keep you guys up to date and then a good thing about the workshops is the the users you know the, the people who are attending are actually really helpful and they'll help each other as well so we got like little groups of friends we'll see them at the conferences now hanging out together and that because they met at a, a workshop and you know that's how we met andrew davis you know and uh and been, you Gavin. yeah and me yep it's amazing how many how many people yeah, how many people I know or even work with that I first met at an Ortis training. So this is your the gateway to something, success and fame. I don't know. You don't want to miss it, though. Yeah, that's the thing. These these workshops are great ways, you know, to do some networking, get some learning in, get inspired. Networking, and... that's, that's the $10 word for it. Yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's just a good way to get going. And, you know, people there, you know, they're the ones that are taking the boot camps. They really want to learn and, and push themselves. And, and, you know, you can see that and it's a, yeah, it's a great learning experience to meet some good people. And yeah, so we're really excited about that one. It's coming up here pretty soon, only a couple months away. How so. would, uh, how would somebody go about finding that Gavin? If they were like, that sounds fantastic. I want to register right now. Well, if you go to the, have to do? if you go to autosolutions.com, um, we have a couple of things popping up there. Our newsletter sends the reminders out as well. So if you're not on the Autos newsletter, you can sign up on our site as well. But if you go to, uh, autosolutions.com slash events, you'll see all our upcoming events. You can sign up there. And of course, the show notes are going to have links to all these, um, blog posts and events. So you guys can see those there too. All right. I just tried it. Autosolutions.com. I clicked on events and then events overview. Boom, there it is. CF Summit, CF Camp, Bangla uh, Bangalore. Perfect. Yep. So we already I have. I might go to a couple of these. Yeah. <laughs> so we already mentioned the bootcamp in Bangalore, but I wanted to make sure you guys know the discount code is good for that too. Again, October 16th to 17th, Luis will be in Bangalore for a two day bootcamp. Uh, the price has just come down, so it's definitely a, a steal. Um, don't miss that one. And then after that, next on the list is CF Camp. So CF Camp is the 17th and 18th in Germany, and you will be there. So I'll let you talk more about this because I know you've been a couple of times. You love CF Camp. I do love CF Camp. They're one of the only conferences that have a fish almost every meal. They have such good food selection. Um, uh, you can tell us all about the food for me. Uh, <laughs> Erica Peterson's going to be making out for his first year at CF Camp, which is super exciting. He's going to be uh, leading one of the workshops. I think he's doing a test box workshop uh, before CF Camp. And I'm going to be there doing um, Hero to Superhero API edition again, like what we're doing at CF Summit. Um, Jorge Reyes, who's from uh, Order Solutions, will also be out there. Luis is a total lame because he's going to be in India having an amazing time or something like that. Uh, but the, those three uh, Ordus people minimum should be there. And uh, CF Camp has been posting a bunch of tweets, actually. Kai's been cranking out tweets on all the different topics for CF Camp. Uh, I'm pretty excited. He said it's basically the most uh, diverse um, lineup so far. And they had a, an interesting call for speakers this year where they basically kind of did a blind selection on the first round. So all yeah. the topics, they didn't know who the presenter was. Um, it was just pure. The first round of picks were purely based on just the content and the titles. Uh, so that's why there's a, a heck of a lot of new speakers um, in CF Camp uh, this year, in addition to a lot of the kind of uh, normal faces you see. So I'm excited to see some of those uh, some of those new ones. But I mean, if you're anywhere in uh, the Europe area or somewhere where you can make it over to CF Camp, it's always a great time. Um, we have a ton of fun, and occasionally people dress up in sumo suits and wrestle. <laughs> you, you really don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing is probably the Code Wars. 
um, the, one of the the evening uh, events that uh, that Gert's been in charge of several different years. Like they change up what they do every year. But the Code War is they have like teams of people in front of laptops, and you're given a programming problem, and you have to solve it. You know who can get the who can get it solved in the least amount of times. We have a lot of fun at CF Camp. So anyway, yeah, sounds don't like miss some... it if you had the opportunity to go to it. And just just so you know, you don't miss it. There's also the orange squeezing machine that I've heard you talk about oh every gosh, other week. That's right? Yeah, <laughs> it's this hopper of oranges from heaven. You just push this magical button, and orange juice is emitted. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, speaking, I, I, I have it on good authority. It'll be back this year. So very cool. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of CF Camp. They're actually the first blog tweet and video of the week because, uh, as you mentioned, CF Camp's been uh, tweeting quite a bit. And so what they did is they had a, a Twitter feed, and every day they've been spotlighting a new speaker slash session. And so uh, we got a link in the show notes there. But if you go and follow CF underscore Camp on Twitter, you'll see them. And they're, every day they're announcing one of the speakers and, you know, highlighting that. So those are pretty cool little series of tweets there. So it's a good way to start this section of the, the site. And our buddy Ben Nadell's been busy again. Three, <laughs> only three blog posts that I saw this week. So uh, he didn't take over the whole entire show this time. But uh, he only did three blog posts. Oh, Ben's really slipping. Well, that, mean, I, that I, I saw. <laughs> back when Ben would do like eight blog posts a week, him and Ray Camden would be like neck and neck to see who could hammer out the most posts. I don't know how they did it. Yeah, and so Ben's been working with the. Uh, the function local mode set to modern to looking at, uh, you know, basically how Lucy deals with, uh, unscoped variables. So I thought it was kind of an interesting setup. So he's got three blog posts there. So the first one was using function local host modern to safely render some cold fusion templates. So he was sort of doing like a static render. He said, you know, uh, Jekyll and whatever was overkill. So for what he was doing, so he's using that. And then, um, he did some, an, another one, looking at their function local mode. And then the third one was basically unexpected value assignments using that. So he was using the different settings for the local mode and the application CFC that Lucy lets you do. And instead of um, unscoped variables being assigned straight to your variables dot, uh, they were getting put in the local. So he was playing with that and, you know, and so it was kind of interesting. Basically how cold fusion should have been written from the beginning is what we're saying. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, inside a function, if you don't vascope something, Basically, it's, instead of a CFC, well, specifically. yeah, CFC function, yeah, I guess so. So yeah, so we can have a UDF and a CFM template. It's yeah, the same thing, but it only matters inside of a CFC, really. Yeah. So if you don't vascope something, that variable becomes part of the variable scope, not the local scope, and so a lot of headaches, yeah, a lot worst, of security risks, a lot of problems. Worst design decision ever in cold fusion and i'm absolutely dead serious when i say that i absolutely think that was the worst thing that macromedia ever did to the language i i, I know why they did it because at the time they were like oh variables is the default scope we'll just keep that no yeah. no i don't know how many that has caused untold bugs and thread safety issues over the years so local mode basically lets you flip it back to how it should have been to begin with but the problem is it's not compatible with frameworks like Coldbox, right? You turn on local mode and Coldbox doesn't work. So you can set it at like a CFC level or a function level, which is super cool. And that's what Ben's been playing with his blog post is like, you know, you'll have the setting off for my whole server, but I'll turn it on for the CFC and then play around with how it works. Yeah. And just, cool just so you know, Luis is on a, on a scoping drive he's got inspired and he's been working hard on all uh -oh. of his uh scoping so yeah we're upping our, uh -oh. our scoping levels so i think he's working hard to try and make cold box you know not just more more efficient um by using the scopes but just a little safer and hopefully to be able to run some of these types of settings and and cold box be able to work the way you'd like it to so i know we're, we're yeah we're, we do have full null so i can't i can't say it right full null support <laughs> uh, built into Coldbox now, uh, which we've had for a while, because it used to be if you enabled that in Lucy, Coldbox wouldn't work. So hopefully, uh, coming soon, we'll be able to support that. Who uh, you mentioned scoping? I think it was uh, Zach Spitzer that's uh, been talking a lot about uh, getting performance and in, uh, increases by uh, scoping variables. You know, because Cold Fusion has always had that scope hunting, uh, as I refer to it. Uh, I, I would call it a feature in air quotes. 
you know, where you could just, <laughs> you know, you're like output a variable and cold fusion will just go randomly dig through the scopes, like, you know, digging through the trash until it finds a scope with that variable in it. Um, and uh, there's actually, you know, depending on your code, you do that in a loop, you know, a couple million times, there's a, a decent amount of overhead. Um, you know, and Lucy has some uh, some settings to sort of minimize the scopes that it looks in. But just adding a, an explicit scope to your variable, always saying arguments dot or local dot or variables dot. It's a there's some interesting uh, statistics kind of coming out on just how much you can save in the in the right scenarios. You know, and in a tight loop and core business logic. You know, if you do it once per page, it's not that big of a deal. But any anytime you attach uh, the word performance on the end of a sentence, <laughs> Luis is gonna be like, what what performance? I'm interested. So. Yep, for sure. We'll see where that leads us. Yep, will be more verbose. There's people fighting with the one-liners versus verbose and performance. So, I guess it's just the way it is. But I always find the performance stuff interesting. Yeah, I, I'm a minimalist. I have, I like not having the extra clutter of code in my scopes if there's no ambiguity. But if there's a an actual significant performance difference, then I'm always open to it open to, open to scoping it if it's going to make a difference you also have to be careful with uh, with bugs so this isn't even our, on our list i'm off script real quick um dominic watson sent us a pull request to Coldbox a couple weeks ago um and it was a really interesting behavior where if you call a function and set it into like a variable local dot this may or may not be null right and when you do an is null check on it you have to be really careful because is null will also scope hunt so local dot my variable, which may or may not be null, may not exist, but URL dot my variable, which may or may not be null, might exist. And you have to be careful because this null will search those scopes until it finds it. So with the uh, with great power, I just watched Into the Spider-Verse last <laughs> night with my daughter. With great power comes responsibility, right? So as, as much as I like the non-verboseness of non-scoping, you have to be careful because you get little interesting bugs that can creep into your code. So, yeah, for sure. Well, looks like uh, we had a couple of other uh, blog posts. Now, Eva Goris, is that what you said, his name? I always, mm, yeah, I'm, I'm really bad at um, pronouncing names. That's my specialty. Um, but he had a couple of good blog posts. <laughs> so one, he was talking about QB, um, one of the, the modules that Eric Peterson built based on um, the Laravel module, I think Eloquent. So Yeah, Eloquent, I think. Yeah, so he was talking about how you can intercept the QB module query executor in a Coldbox application to be able to sort of log the queries and stuff. So Query Builder abstracts a lot of that away from you so you don't see the SQL being generated. Unless you want to, you can dump it out. But obviously, if you're running your app, you if you want to keep track of it, he's using Interceptor to go on the air, grab the SQL, and, and log it out so he could access it later, which is pretty neat. And so yeah. I'm sure there's probably a sitting... Logbox. Yeah. Yeah, since, since QB uses logbox under the hood, you can just use those built-in logbox features and you can enable or disable logging for that category and how fine you want it to be. It's, it works pretty nicely. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure there was something built onto QB, but if there if there isn't, the Interceptor is a nice little tutorial on how to use an Interceptor for stuff like that, which was pretty cool. Um, but he was also looking at uh, how to run command box cold fusion instance as a Windows server. So uh, I saw a couple of blog posts about this recently, but that uh, they got me thinking about something we've been working on with command box for quite a while, right? So some behind the scenes secret information here. Um, yeah, exactly. So uh, Evagoras has a little task runner that you can use to create a Windows service with uh, NSSM, which is the non-sucking service manager. Um, and that's been a, a more and more common <clears throat> request that we get is people wanted to set up a VM. They want to use, uh, they want to use, uh, you know, command box to, to power the servers, maybe in production or a staging environment, but they want to be able to start and stop it as a windows service that they get with a typical cold fusion installation. Um, so we've actually created, um, a, a commercial product now, a module for command box called the service manager, um, which does the same kind of thing that Evergorse has in his task runner, but it's just, it has a lot more features and commands. Um, it's also professionally supported by Ortis, and uh, you can create and update your services, your Windows services from the command line. So that's pretty cool right now. And it, it uses NSSM as well behind the scenes. Um, we have support for Windows right now, and we're actually going to be adding support for uh, Ubuntu soon as well to be able to create services uh, with systemd. So um, keep, a, keep a, an eye out for that. We're going to be publishing the marketing page for our uh, command box service manager module. Um, I think it's going to be, we're still kind of finalizing the pricing. I think it's going to be um, 
like $49 a year uh, per server for the license for that. And that'll basically help you manage all of the, the Windows instances or the, the Windows uh, services. And it'll be good for no matter how many how many services you have on that server. So we're That's excited cool. about that. It's definitely been a lot of interest in doing that. Yeah, especially with uh, you know command box being used for a lot of Docker stuff for the longest time, people are wanting to take take advantage of that outside of Docker and you know with the services uh, in in the VMs definitely makes sense. But uh, if you guys want to try and wing it yourself and you know do it you know DIY style, you can look at uh, that blog post there and get an idea how it works. And and like I say, if you're looking for more or more stable, uh, you know we have that module coming out soon. So we'll help you take care of that. Actually, you know what? Um... Let me uh, put the link to the docs. We do already have public documentation for the service manager. Uh, let me put that in here and we can add that to the show notes as well. That way, if anyone's interested in that commercial module, they can cool. check out the docs for it. I'll just put it in our show notes. Sounds good. So uh, we also have uh, a few blog posts from Pete Freitag. So it looks like he's been working with CloudWatch a little bit lately. I know last week we discussed the Ubuntu, how to send your Ubuntu logs to CloudWatch. Uh, he also made a blog post about sending Nginx logs to, blog, uh, to CloudWatch logs agent and pushing your Tomcat logs to AWS CloudWatch. So CloudWatch That's is nice. sort of a, a log aggregator for those of you who don't know. It's got some pretty nice features, some nice search and some nice tooling. So if you're using AWS for anything else, or even if you're not, you can still push your, your, you know, your logs up there. So uh, I'm not sure how the pricing matches up with some of those other logging tools out there, but it's something to look at. And Pete's got some really detailed blog posts there. And he also has another one about tuning Tomcat IIS connectors with the worker properties in server XML. So that's a, a pretty interesting one as well. I guess, you know, a lot of his consulting, he works with you know, with clients on a regular basis, helping them with their, their tuning and security. And so uh, he made a nice little blog post there to, you know, help share that information. So that was nice, Pete, to, to do that. I like the, uh, the um, what was it, CloudWatch? Is that what it was called? Mm-hmm. Yep. Did I say that right? Yep. Yeah, the CloudWatch log agent. Because we've, uh, we've noticed that quite a bit. You know, we move people to Docker, which is great, right? Spin up servers, kill them off left and right. You know, who cares? And I'll show you how. But, you know, you have a server that dies. Health check URL fails. Boom, it murders the container. And then it's gone. New one spins up. And then, you know, you say, well, what was wrong with the old container? Well, I don't know. It's gone now. We murdered it, right? <laughs> and so you're like, oh, well, do we have the logs? And you have the console logs, but that doesn't always tell you everything. So it's really important to be able to get those logs extracted in a place where you can kind of analyze them after the fact. Otherwise, you know, in like a Docker environment, you lose all that juicy information as soon as you, you know, kill the container off. Um, so, yeah, logging is even more important now. And it doesn't take much to get them all set up, but you definitely should think about that because, yeah, even in like, you know, tools like Portana to help you manage your, your swarm and stuff. If your container is murdered, as you put it, um, it, it dies. Um, <laughs> you have to go dead. to. You have to make sure you go to the right place to find the logs because if you look from the wrong node, the logs aren't there. They're kept on the one that it was on, but you have to find out where it was. It's real pain. But having CloudWatch oh, yeah. is if, a nice. Even if the container hasn't been deleted, you can't like SSH into it because it's not running anymore. So you'd have to mount the file system somewhere to be able to introspect it. So it's. It's definitely not nearly as easy to get access to those container logs after it's been murdered dead. So yeah, so yeah, CloudWatch is one good option. I know there's others out there, um, but yeah, I'm just not. I can't think of them right now. But anyway, so there was another um, post here about um, Microsoft. They do a lot of cool reposting on old websites and um, the older blog posts. They sort of give you a refresher. I got a kid in here, George. Out of here. I'm on a call. Um, <laughs> so uh, they reposted an older one back from April, and um, it reminded me that Steve Nealon took over the Framework One maintainer, and he talks about the framework's future oh. a little bit there. So, um, so I'd forgotten about that. Uh, I haven't heard too much about it in a while, and it just sort of popped up on my Twitter feed. So I just wanted to remind everybody so it's got some in interesting information about the future of the framework and how he's going to you know approach moving forward so those of you using framework one um it might be some good information if you haven't already heard um so right on and then there's one from you you've been on the twitter verse again uh so it looks like you've been Tw playing with some stuff we like your... to call it the tweety pages gavin the tweety pages <laughs> yeah 
Tasty space in the Tweety pages. So it looks like you've been playing with yeah. something with Scott, huh? Oh, I'm always playing with something. Uh, yeah, Scott Steinbeck and I have been playing around. It kind of started as like, yeah, wouldn't it be cool idea? And then we're like, we should build this. Uh, we were making a module for Command Box, um, which has actually worked a little bit better than I thought it would, to be honest. Um, for uh, anybody using Gitbook, if you've seen any of the Ortis docs, you know, our cold box docs, command box docs, we use a, a service called Gitbook. You know, it's got an online editor. Um, and the first iteration of Gitbook had a PDF exporter. And they uh, they rebuilt the Gitbook website a while back. And they they dropped the PDF export functionality. And it's been coming soon for like a year. Um, so we were like, you know what? We should, uh, we should just make our own uh, our own library for creating PDFs out of Gitbook. So if any of you guys are using Gitbook for anything, um, we've been hard at work on a command box module and the uh, Luis just finished the uh, Learn CFML in 100 Minutes book, the modern CFML he's been working on. And it's going to be one of our first uh, uses of this module. It's going to be a command box module. Uh, you install it in the command box. You can get an export of your Gitbook content. Uh, it's all JSON files. And our module will go through uh, build the HTML, uh, export it into PDF for you. Um, and we're pretty excited about that. Um, and especially because I get tired of people always building cool little tools like this, command line tools and Node and Python. <laughs> um, and uh, Scott wanted to use Puppeteer for it. And I was like, no, we're going to use Cold Fusion, man. Kick this thing's butt in CFML. So this is a, <laughs> this is a CFML project uh, proudly running on command box. So if you're using Gitbook, for anything and you've been like man i wish i could make a pdf out of this uh we're gonna have this module released soon and we're pretty excited we're gonna add support for like moby and epub formats if we can and html so anyway fun little project and if we're lucky maybe we can get some of the greater gitbook community out there using our uh using our module because a lot of people wish they had pdf exporters and so my goal in life is that uh is that you know total random people on the internet will be installing command box so they can use this module in the same manner they install Python or node, you know, today to run ad hoc, uh, CLI tooling. So anyway, <laughs> that's my exciting little project. I've been hammering on this week with Scott. Yep. So Brad is, uh, on Twitter talking about that. And if you're not following Brad already, um, his Twitter handle was B for boy, D for dad, W four, two, nine S. And you can explain that if you want, cause, <laughs> what's the w is the w for what <laughs> probably but yeah so that's uh, that, that, handle. that username is a student id i had in high school when i was dual enrolled for some college credit in a local two-year college and i i always used it because it was the one username that was never taken you know when you go to sign up for your first hotmail account and like every username you think it was taken bdw49s never taken so <laughs> i've used it to this day <laughs> yeah, I always have to look it up too because I can never remember it. <laughs> so, anyway, if you follow Brad, uh, you'll catch up on some stuff. Uh, he's always posting and defending Confusion's honor uh, about being a dead language or whatnot. So, it's always interesting to follow Brad because it's the never honor of boring. Grayskull, Gavin. Yeah. For the honor of Grayskull. So, we also had some job opportunities pop up on Twitter this week. So, depending on where in the world you are, there's a full time position for a Cold Fusion developer in Brisbane, Queensland, and Australia. It looks like they're wanting Fusebox experience or other Cold Fusion frameworks. Um, so, looking for a contract role based in Brisbane. Um, Brisbane? Yep, Brisbane, See, Australia. I mean, my English is a, little, is a little wonky, but I always said Brisbane. I mean, oh, A-N-E. <laughs> Brisbane. <laughs> Yeah, well, years of my life spent saying that wrong. I know it's like Dunedin. I mean, some of the the kids were like, "Where's Dunedin?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's not how you say that." <laughs> <laughs> but, it's American. Yep. But uh, it looks like the Denver Fire Department's looking for somebody too, and the Fire Systems Technical Specialist for a web developer in Colorado. So Denver, Colorado. So if you want to go work for the Fire Department, but don't want to go battle nice. some fires, you can do that. Yeah, when you, when you talk about putting out fires, you could like literally mean that now. Like, <laughs> your wife calls at the job, like, "What's going on, honey?" I just put out fires. Like, no, literally. Yeah, I, that's my nickname for myself. I'm the, you know, a web developer fireman because I'm always putting out fires here, there, and everywhere. <laughs> Hopefully, most of them are not mine. That's what but... we do. <laughs> Some of us just start fires. <laughs> yep. 
So, okay. And then uh, if you're in India too, we also have um, some podcasts in India. Uh, sorry, not podcast positions in India. Uh, the Accenture uh, has three different positions depending on where you are in India. So I can't pronounce the names. Uh, so I'll let you guys look them up on the Get CFML job site, which has a lot of posts. Some of them show up on Twitter, some of them don't. So if you guys are looking for positions, go to getcfmljobs.com and uh, you can get those. So, Perfect. so next that brings us to Forgebox module of the week and right away I guess we should just say that the module of the week is not an accurate title for this section anymore <laughs> it's really the Forgebox package of the week not yeah. all packages are modules yep and that's <laughs> that's true the last couple we've talked about haven't always been modules so um, so this week we're um, going to go yeah, with so the, I mean, modules are kind of box specific right but Forgebox is really uh, a general purpose repository. So you can put anything you want. There's Reside packages, there's Mira packages, there's Framework One packages. Um, but yeah, so this week our package of the week is Coldbox. Ding, 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 ding. Yep. Um, am I supposed to read this little Coldbox is a conventions modular MVC development platform for Cold Fusion? Am I supposed to read that? Well, it's there for the show notes, but I mean, I guess you could read it out. <laughs> But um, but yeah. So last week we talked about Testbox being the most installed um, package on on Forgebox, oh, and yeah. Coldbox is right up there. Uh, it's the second most installed package. So we thought that'd be a uh, you know good place. I mean, it's thirteen plus years old now, right? It's been around for a long time. It's you know June two thousand six, baby. Yeah, so it's been around a long time. It's, you know, probably the, well, it's definitely the most active framework around for sure. Obviously professionally supported um, by order solutions. Lots of trainings going on. You hear yeah. about it all the time, but, you know, on Forgebox alone, there's been over 35 releases. We're up to version 5.5. Um, so I'm looking at the versions right now. We released, uh, well, we had uh, 5.4 was in April, 5.5. 4.1 was in May, 5.5 was in June, we have 5.6 snapshots, so a regular stream of new Coldbox versions are always flowing in. Yep, uh, Coldbox, like I said, obviously um, builds in the module framework for you as well, so a lot of the modules on Forgebox uh, are available through, through Coldbox and, you know, a lot of the great things you need to do, you shouldn't have to rewrite or available with the uh, Coldbox framework. Just plug in a module, um, you know, and we've got built-in yeah. support for environment variables and all those other things, you know, like, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to try and Jimmy rig uh, everything into your, your homebrew built framework. It's already available in Coldbox and <laughs> the conventions are there, the standards are there, the documentation is there. So, uh, definitely the way to go and that's why we're seeing so many people in these boot camps are getting more and more popular so uh yeah you know uh home built home built framework is is the only answer on the state of the cf union survey every year that now has more votes than Coldbox. Coldbox is the most used mvc framework and the only thing with more votes is home built but if you divide that out by how many versions of the home built one there is is <laughs> the most used <laughs> framework but yeah. Well, then, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Coldbox is like somebody took all the stuff that you know you're going to need to build anyway to make your site, and they put it in all in one place, and it's modular, so you only install what you need. Um, it's like we want you to want to help you get the job done and get paid. Yep. Hey, so. now, you're a coder. Get the code on. Get paid. I don't know. I'm still working on that one. Yeah. But yeah, so Coldbox, obviously, if you haven't used it, um, check out our documentation. Uh, it's not as big and scary as most people think. You know, you only need to use what you need to get going. Uh, you don't have to install everything. It's not the kitchen sink that it once was. It's modular now, so you only install the modules you need. So um, it's definitely You know, quick. a lot of people still want to learn it all. Yeah, I mean. I, I mean, we're not going to stop you. I see a lot of people that are like, I'm going to learn a new framework. I'm going to learn Coldbox. And I see all these modules. They're like, whoa, .env, JWT, Stevie Storages. You know, and we're like, you don't have to use any of that stuff. Those are all add-ons. You're like, no, I want to learn everything. Um, take take a bite and chew it. Swallow. Take another bite. Yeah. Otherwise, you, you'll get enough, get enough to your eyeballs and all the, the possibilities. 
That's, so, that's the reason anyway. we have this section on here every week so we can talk about some of the different packages and modules that are available to you and you know how you could use them um, to make your life easier. But Look at these stats. 34 versions of Coldbox, 93,000 oh, installs. Did, did you read that already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 93,000. I think Testbox says like 99,000 or something. I mean, actually, you know what? Testbox was doubled. That's a lot. Yeah. But I mean, it's... it's that's a lot. And above all the other packages now, too, like it's you know that doesn't that doesn't differentiate between like the automated installations from source control, just for what it's worth. But still, that's a lot of installations of cold box. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So, and TS box because all the continuing and you know the continuous integration stuff that was a lot higher. But if you look from the next packages down from cold box, most of them are actually modules that cold box uses or other frameworks inside of Coldbox uses. So like CB validation, interpretation, et cetera. Yeah. If you guys are curious how we know what the most installed packages are, you can literally go to forgebox.io and scroll down a little bit and click most installs. That's right before the pagination. And it'll literally just reload the page and it'll be sorted by installs. Like we didn't have to like run anything in the database to look this. You can actually just scroll through the list. I mean, it's really fun. You have test box with a, oh, it was 184,000. Yeah. Installs. Dang. Yeah. Well, that's CI working. Java loader is third. Yeah. Well, I think Java loader is a a module. So we use that in lots of our cold box stuff. So I think some of the main ones. Validation. Yep. And then Lucy. Lucy is like the sixth most installed thing ever. What did it? Did Lucy eclipse Cold Fusion? Yep. It's down the list a little more. I thought, I think Cold Fusion used to be hit of Lucy. Look at that. Yeah, there have been more people that have installed Lucy. Forty-six thousand installations of Lucy, and forty-two thousand installations of Adobe Cold Fusion. That's actually diverged a bit since into the box because we looked at these stats just back in April. Yeah, they're pretty much That's awesome. Hit to hit at that point. So, all right, this is too much fun. All right, if you want to lose like half a day, go to Forge Box, click most installs, and you can scroll that all day long and see how cool it is. Yep. Okay. And I just came up with a ticket for ForgeBox, Gavin. We need, to, <laughs> we need to number format those installations, put commas in there. Yeah. When, when we first built this, we probably didn't anticipate hundreds of thousands of installations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. Okay, well, that brings us to the VS Code, hints, tips, and tricks of the week. So this week, we're actually going to talk about not an extension like we usually do, but we're going to talk about some shortcuts and key maps. So one of the cool things about you know VS Code is the shortcuts. They got a lot of great shortcuts, and we're linked in the show notes of the reference sheets for Mac OS, Windows, and Linux, so you can see the shortcuts. But you can also customize them. And another cool thing is is that you can actually use key maps, which are available, and you can search in the Marketplace Visual Studio to find some of your favorite uh, old editors' key maps and then use them. So if you like Sublime and the way the key maps work, you can just install the Sublime key map and then all your shortcuts are what Sublime used to use. And so tell me what a key map is, Gavin. So basically, it's a set of uh, shortcuts and settings based on, you know, your previous mapping. So if, if you want to basically set up to have Eclipse, I know you used to use CF Builder. So if you want to use Eclipse's old shortcuts and everything else, you can install that key map and then it basically updates all the settings necessary in VS Code to act more like CF Eclipse. So all your shortcuts all right. um, and some of the settings. So that's how you control what, you know, control shift C and control shift whatever do. Yep. And you if you want to see which of- ones are available, you can do control K, control M. And then uh, it'll automatically bring up the the recommended key maps inside the search for you, so you can see which ones are available. Nice. You um, know, so, uh, some of the key maps I use in VS Code are the same ones I used in Cold Fusion Builder, which are the same ones I used in Dreamweaver, which are the same ones I used in Home Site. And I'm such a creature of habit; I've kept some of those same key mappings all the way through all those programs. Like F8 opens my File Explorer; I've always kept that one. Yeah. Like and that's the thing is, you know, a lot of things are just comfort and getting used to it. And so key maps are a great way if you're wanting to try it out, but you don't want to learn all the new shortcuts. It's definitely worth a go. And if you're wanting to get up to speed with what the current key maps are by default in VS Code, like I said, uh, we have the reference sheets listed in the show notes. You can see those and you can obviously Google it to uh, look up shortcuts and key maps uh, for VS Code and they should be able to find those too. So I thought if you're going to use it, you want to be productive shortcuts are pretty important so 
So that's the hint, tip, and trick of the week for VS Code. And then lastly, we come to the sad time of the episode where we have to leave. But before we do, we'll want to, once again. Is it sad because you mispronounce all the names? Well, that was my inside joke. Then, yes. It's <laughs> sad because we got to go. You won't be able to see us anymore this week. But uh, it's also sad because, yeah, I can't pronounce half these names. Uh, but, yeah, we want to thank everybody who's a, a Patreon supporter. Uh, your your donations do go a long way. We appreciate it a lot. Um, and there are new packages available if your company wants to support, too. There's some higher paid packages, different packages with you know different support. But, uh, again, thank you to everybody who's supporting if, us month in, month out. If you give Ordis enough money, if you give Ordis enough money, we let you have a personal meeting with Luis like once a month or something and give him your list of demands. Dead serious. Yeah. We- All right. Ticket created for Forge Box. It's in Jira, Gavin. Okay. Number format those commas. Done. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't finished it already. You should have fixed it too. Uh, I'll make, make Luis do it. <laughs> but anyway, so thank you, Andrew Davis, Gary Knight, Jan, uh, Jan Yannick, Joseph Limery, yeah. Laxma, Tito Hadi, Richard Herbert, John Farrar, Calvin Stitton, Don Bellamy, Samuel Knowlton, David Ballinger, Yogesh Mether, Stephen Klotz, Dan Card, Jeremy Adams, Brian White, Dadiellis, Nikki, Scott Steinberg, Jordan Clark, Matthew Clemente, and Dali. So I think I'm getting better at mispronouncing nice. them. It sounded good at least. Getting better at mispronouncing <laughs> them. Scott Steinbeck, I think I know him. Yep. <laughs> ah, I think I'm having dinner with yeah. him tonight if that's still on. So. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah, so we'll talk about your module, I'm sure. He's pretty excited about that's it. Some too. extra caviar for me. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've been bugging him at all hours of the day and night about with my ideas about that module. Cool, cool. Perfect. All right. Well, I think we've bored people to tears enough. You want to you wanna cut, them lo- cut them loose so them get back to work? Yep. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you're uh, if you guys want to hear more, please check out the Soapbox podcast, too. There's a few episodes there. And again, if you got anything to submit, submit them, and uh, we'll get them added here. A couple people reached out to me on Slack this week to get some of those links in there. So thank you. And uh, make sure you guys have a great week. And hopefully we'll see you all at CF Summit in a couple months. Adios, amigos. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Show notes for this episode can be found on soapbox.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, or your favorite podcast player, or a link to the YouTube channel for more of these videos. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.